Ladies and gentlemen, the man we welcome to the stage doesn't just speak because he wants to. He speaks because he was called to. Receiving life's messages is part of who he is, and spreading them is what he's meant to do. Without further ado, Wayne Looney. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here. I'm here now. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to be here with me. Today, I'm very, very excited to speak to you. I have a very important topic and a very exciting topic that I believe a lot of people want to hear and a lot of people need to understand, and that's childhood. Today, I'm going to be speaking about what role our childhood plays in our adulthood and how looking back on our childhood, we can see the things that we either didn't get or did get and how they have played a role in who we became as adults. When we talk about our childhood or if we look back on our childhood, I think the biggest thing for us to understand about it is that it did play a role in who we became as an adult and almost everything we learned and who we became and what we thought was right was taught by our parents. And I think the biggest thing for us to understand is our parents were human beings. Our parents were people and they weren't perfect. So a lot of times what our parents handed down to us was handed down to them by their parents. And this is how behaviors get handed down from generation to generation. People take what they learn from their parents and they teach it to their kids and then their kids teach it to their kids. But I think the important thing for us to understand is that we have to actually look at some of that stuff. We have to look at it as parents, as adults and say, you know what, was that right? Or is that the right way to be? And it may have been the right way for your parents to be taught. It may have been the right way for your parents to teach you, but it may not be the right way for you to teach your kids. And it may not be the right way. Some of the things and the values and the morals and some of the things that we learned growing up may not be right for our life now. And if we don't take a look at our childhood and we don't look at that, then we could be stopping ourselves from growing past things because we're still holding on to childhood values that no longer serve us. I think the biggest thing for us to understand is that most of our parents did the best that they could. And even if you didn't have both parents in the household, I believe that each parent did the best that they could. However, if there was something that your parent didn't understand or they never looked back at their childhood and asked themselves, is this right to teach my kid? They could have been, for lack of a better term, an autopilot. They could have been an autopilot and they could have just believed everything that they were taught was right to teach you. The biggest thing to understand is that each kid is different. I realized that with just recently having my third child, that each kid is different. And how you teach kids and what type of activities they get involved with and what type of things you do with that kid and what they're going to be passionate about is always different with each child. And as a parent, you got to be able to look at that and say, okay, how can I spark passion in this kid? How can I spark passion in this kid? What can I do as a parent to help make sure each one of my kids reaches their full potential? I would say that not every parent does that. It's not saying that they didn't do their best. However, they didn't look at it that way. And kids respond to things in different ways, right? For example, if you grew up in a household that was very lax and the parents never tried to push any responsibility on their kids, they made their kids feel like they were independent and they can do what they want. What you'll typically see in adulthood is that that person has not learned responsibility. They don't know how to take care of themselves and they don't know how to keep up with regular life and the tasks and the things that come with regular life. However, a different kid who was raised in that same environment could grow up and do just the opposite, right? They weren't given rules, but they like rules and they like structure. So they created rules and structure for themselves in life. And like I said, that just depends on the particular kid. Sometimes you have people who grow up in a disciplinary environment. 
And I would say that my environment was very much like that. My mother was very tough. She was very strong. And she was very, very on the side of discipline. She believed that kids had their place. They were supposed to stay in that place. And they had chores and they had rules and they weren't supposed to question those rules. I would say that if you grow up in an environment like that, some kids respond well to that, right? Like for me, if it wasn't for that environment, I wouldn't have the discipline that I have today. I wouldn't have the degree of responsibility that I like to believe I have. And I am thankful and grateful that my mother was able to instill that in me. However, some kids who are put in the same environment can rebel against that. Sometimes that rebellion is outright rebellion, but sometimes that rebellion is in a passive way. And when I say that, I mean that they rebel in a way that they don't yell or stick up to their parent. However, when they become adults, they won't be as disciplined or they won't be as organized or they won't be as strict on themselves because that is their way of rebelling against their parent. And there's a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different ways that that can play itself out. However, Like I said, when we talk about being a parent and we talk about how we were raised as kids is we have to say that each kid responds to something different. And if you have siblings, you're probably going to be able to see the difference in attitude and the difference in behavior and the difference in perspective just by looking at your siblings. Because each kid, even though they had the same parents, they respond to things differently. I believe that each parent has to play a role in a kid's life. This is not gender specific. However, if you don't get these two components from your parents, then it's likely that you're going to have some type of behavior or some type of thing that you do in your adulthood that is an attempt to be able to gain this back. And I think that the two components each parent needs to be able to provide is one parent has to be able to guide and one parent has to be able to nurture. Now, in a stereotypical situation, most times we look at guidance coming from the father and we look at nurturing coming from the mother. But I don't believe that it's gender specific. Sometimes we have parent swap roles in a situation and that's okay. However, if you don't have that guidance that comes from discipline, from structure, from one parent, then you're going to lack something. And if you don't have that side of nurturing and caring from the other parent, then you're going to lack something. I would say in my environment growing up, my mother leaned more towards the disciplinary side of things. And I wouldn't say that there was a a whole lot of affection and a lot of nurturing. And I would say that that's not unusual when growing up in a black neighborhood or in a black family. A lot of black families, when it comes to parenting, they believe that they can't be too affectionate or too loving or too caring because it otherwise softens their kids up and makes them vulnerable to the sometimes harsh world that it can be for young black men and young black women. And I'm not making an excuse. I'm just telling you how it is. And my mother was very much that way. She leaned on the side of discipline. And if you broke the rules or if you disobeyed or if you didn't listen, then there was a consequence or there was a punishment for that. Now, my father, on the other hand, leaned more to the side of leniency. And it's not that he allowed us to get away with a lot of things. However, he wasn't quite the enforcer that my mother was on the rules. Now I'm going to explain to you how that played out. Throughout my childhood, I would say for the most part, I had both parents at home. My mother stayed at home and took care of us five children while my father is the one who supported us. Now, the way that my father supported us was, I would say, a little bit unconventional. However, it wasn't much different from the way that a lot of other fathers supported their family in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And that was that my father sold drugs for a living. Throughout my entire childhood, I never saw my father get up and go to work. Never saw my father put on a hard hat and work boots. I never saw my father put on a dress shirt, slacks, and a tie to head off to work. Now, this wasn't something that was explained to me. It was just something that I knew. It was something that I understood. And it was something that me and my father were able to discuss later on in my life. 
Now, how that looked as a kid is it seemed like my dad always had people over. It seemed like there was always someone visiting. It seemed like my dad always had somewhere to be or was always doing something. Now, as a kid, I remember growing up with my three sisters and my brother, and I remember there were times where my brother and I might be in the backyard playing basketball, and we would ask my dad to play with us, and it seemed like he always had some place to be, or he was always doing something else. I believe my brother and I both felt like we were never quite important enough to capture our dad's attention, and it was because of the lifestyle that he lived and because of the fact that he was always on the move or always doing something, I believe we felt like that a lot of our childhood, and my sisters also felt like that. Well, Let me explain to you how that played itself out when I became an adult. Because I didn't get the attention that I felt like I was looking for from my father. And you can see this as well with kids where their dad might have been absent. Maybe they weren't in the home at all. Maybe they were in the home and they left. Or maybe they lost their parent or their father at a young age. And what you see in situations like that is as an adult, or at least in my experience, as an adult and growing up as a teenager, I felt like I was always seeking the attention that I didn't get from my dad from other men. And how I mean that is I felt like I was always trying to prove myself to other men. When I was in a situation with a group of men, I always wanted to be the toughest. I always wanted to be the one who was willing to do the things that no one else would do. And that got me in a lot of trouble growing up. That got me in a lot of fights. That got me into a lot of things that I otherwise wouldn't have done if I had received that attention from my father. But we'll never know that. I can only tell you from my experience and how things went for me. And like I said, that played a big role in my life. And it led me to do a lot of things that were outside of what I really wanted to do or outside of my character because I was trying so hard to get the attention of other men. And it wasn't until I noticed that and it wasn't until I looked closely at that that I realized, wow, I'm trying to make up for the attention I didn't get from my father by trying to gain the attention or the respect of other men. And that is common in a lot of situations, especially with young men, is that they may gear or move more towards that type of attitude. And you can see kids get involved with gangs. You can see kids go and get in trouble. There's a host of things that when you're not receiving the attention from your father that you can otherwise move towards in an attempt to gain that attention. You see it with young women where the biggest thing people say is that they have daddy issues because they're seeking attention from men, not because they're quality men or not because they think that this man can provide the lifestyle that they seek or that they see their lives looking like they just want that man because that man's willing to give them attention. And that's their way of trying to make up for the attention that they never received from their father. And it wasn't until I looked at that and really studied it and really understood it and started to see some of the patterns in my own life that I was able to say, you know what, you don't need to spend your life trying to impress or gain the respect of other men. Once I realized this, I then had to go back to my younger self and put myself back in those shoes and say, you know what, you really were just hurt that you didn't receive the attention that you were looking for from your father. And that's why some of these behaviors are manifesting themselves in your adult life. And I had to go back and really feel the emotions and really grieve that and really be hurt by that in order for me to move on from some of the behaviors that were impacting me as an adult. And that was the biggest thing for me to be able to move on was that forgiveness and that understanding that he was a human being. And before he passed a couple of years ago, I would say that he made a great effort to build a relationship and to repair our relationship. And before he passed away, I would say that our relationship was exactly what I would have expected or what I would have wanted from my father later on in my life. And I'm very grateful for that. And I don't blame him because I know that he did his best. I'm just looking at it in a very factual way and just telling you what happened. I know that he's looking down on me and that he's proud and may he rest in love.
going back to my mother, like I said, she was very disciplined. She's very leaned on the side of being a disciplinarian and she wasn't that affectionate. She wasn't that nurturing. If you cried, most times in situations, a boy's not supposed to cry, a man's not supposed to cry. So if you showed any type of emotions or feelings, then you were likely going to be ridiculed for that. And it was your job to nurture and take care of yourself. Well, what that turned into for me as an adult was that it was very hard, especially in relationships, for me to receive affection. It was very difficult for me to be touchy-lovey in relationships, and it was really difficult for me to be nurtured, right? If my partner wanted to nurture me, I felt like it was my responsibility. And it also made me neglect and push away my feelings because I felt like having feelings or having emotions was wrong. And I know a lot of men struggle with this if they've never received that so to say, green light by being nurtured when they had feelings or being felt like it was okay to cry. It wasn't until I looked at that and it wasn't until I looked at it closely that I said, you know what? My mother did the best she could. And she was only teaching me what she was taught. That was to be tough. And that was to keep moving. And that was, you don't have time for feelings because there's too much things going on in the world for you to be soft. It took a while and it's still a work in progress, but I am learning that it is okay to have feelings, especially as a man. It is okay as a man to cry. It is okay for you to feel certain things. It is okay for you to not always be disciplined. It played another role in my life where I have been disciplined and I would say discipline is a strong suit of mine. However, I used to beat myself up a lot. When you don't have that nurturing and that caring side added to the discipline, what it causes and what it caused in my life was I felt like I always needed to be disciplined. I felt like I always needed to be able to do everything, not have emotions, and I had no excuse or no reason to ever not do those things. And that's not the reality, right? Life happens and sometimes we don't have an excuse, but we have a reason why we can't do things. And that can be because we're overtired. That can be because we have a lot of other stuff going on, or that just could be because we're trying to put too much on our plate. I would put too much on my plate, but expect myself to eat it all. And when I couldn't, I would beat myself up and I would beat myself up and tell myself I wasn't good enough. And that would only break down my confidence. I would lose confidence and lose belief in myself for little things. I would never clap for myself when I did nine out of the 10 tasks on my list because I felt like I needed to do all 10. And you see that with a lot of people who didn't receive that nurturing side from their parent. Yes, they may be disciplined and yes, they may be strong. And yes, they may be able to be a leader and unemotional when they don't need to be, but they have a tough time giving and receiving affection. They have a tough time dealing with their emotions. They have a tough time acknowledging their emotions. They have a tough time forgiving themselves when they are not able to get everything done on their task list. Well, at least that was the case for me. And it wasn't until I looked at that that I was able to see, you know what? I know my mom did the best that she could. However, as an adult, I had to look back and say, you know what? What was I missing there? And I was missing that affection piece. And I was missing that nurturing piece. And I had to look back on it and grieve it. I had to look back and say, you know what? It's okay that you didn't receive that. You're just hurt by that. But doesn't mean you need to try to make up for that in other ways. And doesn't mean that you can't change that behavior now. And I don't blame my mother because I knew that she did the best that she could and I forgave her and I moved on from it. And at the end of the day, I don't blame neither one of my parents. My father grew up in an environment where his mother died when he was two years old. His father was young, so he was primarily raised by his aunts, his uncles and his grandmother. And I realized that that played a role in how he parented. Looking at my mom, she grew up in an environment where she was the second youngest of seven siblings, where she had to fight, where she had to be non-emotional, where she had to take care of herself and help take care of her younger sister. That shaped who she became as a parent to us. And at the very end of the day, both of my parents were 16 when I was born. And that in itself comes with its own set of challenges when it comes to parenting. 
And that's something that I learned firsthand when I had my first kid at age 16. Looking back at all of this really helped me understand why my parents parented my siblings and I the way that they did. And it allowed me to take control of my adult life. It allowed me to look at behaviors and say, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need this anymore. It served me at one point, but it doesn't serve me now. So as an adult, I can let go of this stuff. I can create my own values and I can create my own morals and I can teach my kids in a way that I feel like is going to help them. And that's what looking back on my childhood provided me. It provided me that power to change my life because we can't go back and change the past. And our parents can attempt to when we get older, but once that childhood and that time is gone, they can't give us something we didn't get at that time. And no matter what our parents taught us, no matter what we went through, it becomes our responsibility to give ourselves what we otherwise didn't get. And I think the biggest thing for us to understand is sometimes when we didn't get a certain thing from our parent in our childhood, it can cause trauma to us. And I think the biggest thing for us to understand is that not all trauma is traumatic. Some kids have things that happen in their childhood and it's traumatic. It's hurtful. And it takes them a long time and a lot of years and a lot of inner work to move past that trauma. But sometimes as kids, especially if we're sensitive like I was and like I am, that it can be the small things that we didn't get that can cause trauma in our lives. And that can manifest itself and show itself in many ways. However, if we don't believe that and we don't look at that, then we'll never understand it. And there'll be behaviors in our life that we never quite comprehend because we never look back far enough to see where they stem from. I'm encouraging everyone to do that. The biggest thing for you to understand is that you don't have to have had a bad childhood to look back. I didn't have a bad childhood. I actually had a positive and a good childhood. And I got a lot of opportunities in my childhood that other kids in my neighborhood didn't get. However, you can still look back at your childhood and you can still see some things that you can learn from. And maybe there's some behaviors that you learned or that you gained in your childhood that aren't benefiting you now. And that doesn't make your parents bad people. That doesn't mean that they weren't good parents. It just means that there were certain things that they didn't give you. And that may be because they never got it in their childhood. And like I said, I 100% believe that all of our parents do their best. And we can still give them that credit, but we can also still look back and say, you know what? I wish I would have had that. I wish I would have gotten that. This really would have helped me. And you can grieve that. You can feel the emotions that you otherwise didn't feel as a kid and you can let it pass and you can move on. And when you do that, you empower yourself. You give yourself the power to grow and to move past it and become exactly who you want to be. So that's all I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank those who chose to stay with me and to listen this far. I hope that this message gives you the courage to look back on your childhood and to really challenge it. And in the process, if you are a parent, to really challenge yourself to grow and to help your kids and give them everything that you felt like you didn't get or everything that by looking at them and understanding that every kid is different that they need and be open enough and have enough courage to do that. So once again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And until next time, Looney out.